turn with me to Mark chapter 6, if you have your scriptures with you. This is the companion uh, version of the story in Matthew chapter 14. It has a few more details, and that's why we use it. Now let me give you a little bit of the context. Herod is hearing about Jesus, and he becomes frightened. And it springs him into a vision of when he beheaded John the Baptist. Now here's why. Herod began to think that because of the mighty works that Jesus was doing, that he was a reincarnation of John the Baptist. He had had John the Baptist beheaded a little while before, not even some years before. And at this time, there were two reasons why he uh, thought these things. First of all, at this time, uh, there was a general belief uh, in, in many pagan circles of the transmigration of souls. This is not exactly like reincarnation, although it's something like it. But they believed that a soul could go inhabit another body for a purpose. And so when Herod heard of the mighty works of Jesus, he figured it was John the Baptist come back to get him. The reason he thought this is the second reason he was thinking these things, and that is he had a tremendously guilty conscience. You know, when you make a stupid mistake, and you know it's a dumb thing, and it was wrong, it just keeps coming back in your face. And you have this sneaking suspicion that everything that goes wrong from then on is because you've made that dumb mistake. And so, he's dealing with this guilt. Now, in his mind, he goes uh, through the events that led up to the decapitation of John the Baptist. And that's what we will read. We will read that story beginning with verse 17. For Herod himself had sent and had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, that's his wife, the wife of his brother Philip, because he had married her. Herod had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Now let me give you just a little scenario of this scripture. This is a dysfunctional family with a capital D. That's a phrase we've termed, but it fits very well. These people were messed up. Herod the Great had four sons. One of those sons had a daughter, Herodias. Herodias marries her uncle, Philip. This sounds like days of our lives. Herodias marries her uncle, Philip, and lusts for Herod. So she leaves Philip to marry her other uncle. So he, she leaves Uncle Philip to, to go marry Uncle Herod, who had just left the daughter of the king of Arabia, uh, because he lusted after Herodias. So these two got married, and she has a daughter from a previous marriage, Salome. Okay, now you got the setting here. And John got himself in trouble because he was a prophet, and prophets don't know when to shut up. They just, they don't tell you something's wrong once and be quiet. They keep telling you in your face, no matter what happens. And that's exactly what John did. He didn't say one time, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He kept saying, it's not lawful for you to have your, it's not lawful, it's not lawful, it's not lawful. And Herodias was furious. Look at the next verse and you'll see. 
And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death and could not do so, for Herod was afraid of John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and kept him safe. And when he heard him, he was very perplexed, but he used to enjoy listening to him. Now, I want you to get this picture. When people are involved in evil, many times they don't totally hate good. As a matter of fact, they dabble in good. They do. They, they, they admire holy people. They, they protect, in a way, holy people's righteousness. They, they, you'll find them listening to uh, television preachers sometimes. And they're so fascinated by this. And that's what Herod was. He was fascinated with John's holiness. Not fascinated to reach out and grab onto that holiness, but he was tremendously ambivalent about his feelings toward evil and holiness. And a strategic day came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his lords and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. Now, do you get the idea? This is all men. Lots of parties back then were all men. This is the forerunner of the stag party. And so they're drinking, and they're, they're eating, but mostly drinking. And as usual, they get about three sheets to the wind and want the dancers to come on in here. Well, the next verse says, And when the daughter of Herodias herself came in and danced... Now, let me give you a picture of this. Some of you have led sheltered lives, for which I am very grateful. I think it's wonderful that you were able to do this. But I want to alert you that this is not a square dance... This is not a line dance. This is not the minuet. This is a very suggestive, seductive dance. This is what they've all been waiting for. And they don't have a professional dancer. They've got a princess doing this deal. And when she danced, she pleased Herod and his guests, and the king said to the girl, and this is where we get the information that she's a teenager. The Greek word here is karasio, uh, uh, and it, it's, it's it designated for a girl anywhere from the age of 12 to 18. So we know she was a teenager at the time. And it says, The king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. And he swore to her, Whatever you ask of me, I'll give it to you, up to half my kingdom. Now, I want you to get a picture. This guy's revved up. He doesn't say one time, hey, good dance. Want me to pay you something? He keeps saying, whatever you want, I'll give you. Ask me, just ask me. He's all harmoniac. He's a harmoniac right now. <laughs> yes, he is. And she went out and asked her mother, what shall I ask for? And she said, the mother said, the head of John the Baptist. Immediately she came in haste before the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me right away the head of John the Baptist on a platter. <laughs> that was her deal. See, her mother was real cold-blooded. But like mother, like daughter. She added a little bit, I want it on a platter. And the, and the mood uh, uh, of, the, of the Greek verbs here comes by way not of a request but of a demand and an immediate demand that they must fulfill. 
And although the king was very sorry, yet because of his oaths and because of his dinner guests, he was unwilling to refuse her. Here was a girl who learned the power of her body. You know, when you're a teenager, you learn what works. You learn what works. All the time you're growing up, you kind of learn what buttons you can push with certain people. But by the time you're a teenager, you have finally learned how to work people, how to accomplish what you want. Now, Salome had a model of how to work men through lust. Her mother was the model. And Salome had a fan because her mother lived vicariously through her daughter. So Salome learned from the time that she was a developing girl that this is the way to accomplish what she wanted. Now watch this very closely. Eric Erickson says at this stage, the main agenda that youngsters have, that teenagers have, is what he calls ego identity versus role confusion. And that is essentially this that if a person does not learn by this age why they are doing what they are doing and have a sense of purpose in their life and a sense of accomplishment for a certain reason, for a certain goal, they will vacillate between two poles. One, wanting to please people, wanting to be a part of the group, wanting to be a part of the gang, wanting to please their parents, wanting to please somebody. And the other is just in this isolation, this loneliness, feeling like they're totally alone in the world. And they vacillate back and forth. And their accomplishment is almost always for someone else. And so the accomplishment is never very satisfying. It's gratifying. It's always gratifying for a moment to get what you want. But how many of you have become very very good at what you do. You know how to accomplish what you need to accomplish, but you still have this sense of emptiness and disappointment inside. Every time you accomplish what you want to accomplish, it's a thrill, but just for a moment. It gratifies, but it does not satisfy. And let me show you another girl about the same age. Turn with me to the first chapter of Luke starting with the 26th verse. 